Hello, and welcome to The Music Prophet. This is going to be, I mean, every week is good, but I'm kind of stoked because a couple weeks ago we had Concept, and he's actually watching the show with us. What up, what up, what up? And this week, we have a New York legend on The Music <laughs> Prophet this week, so it is... What's up, Status 631, Steve Morrow. How you guys doing? I'm excited, dude. This is going to be fun. So, uh, tell us about... So you're from New York originally, right? Yeah, born and raised. I'm out here right now. Um, besides music, my fiance's from here. She's from Timmins. So, you know, we met when I was doing a show with Mercury's out here in Sudbury. We were at the asylum. So uh, ever since then, I continued doing music out here, too. Um, I've toured with Mad Child, uh, a few other artists, Kripal from Doom Squad. So as the music came up and I started meeting her, and then that's why I'm out here as much now. But what brought, so like, what brought you to Open for Mercury's, though? Oh, um, I was working with uh, CG Entertainment. Um, Chris, he, uh, he, the opportunity came and he asked me to come out, so we flew out. You know, I got a lot of respect from her. He's a good, he's a really good artist. You know, he's dope. So I came out to rock the show. He was buzzing. I knew the show was sold out and stuff. So I was hyped about it. You know, like it's cool to be doing shows like that and you know seeing like dudes' growths and stuff like that. Cause Merc, from that show to now, he came such a long way too. You know. He exploded. exploded after that. Exploded. That tour that we did was the one that like blew him up. Right, because like, what year was that? Uh, I don't remember the years when he did the Trust Your Gut album. Yeah, it was a while ago. Like, yeah. Man. Three years that probably. was about three years ago. About three years. Two, I think it was 2017. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't. That was that was a wild time. That was a good time. You know. Uh, and then ever since then, I've been doing music before that. Like I was with Mad Child for the first time. You know, we started in Timmins, did a little, a uh, couple of cities in Ontario, a couple of cities in um, Quebec, and that was pretty interesting too. You know, I got to see like the culture change and shit like that. But <laughs> until he's from New York, when he says Quebec and not Quebec, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like the two options of saying Quebec or Quebec. Yeah, <laughs> my pronunciation's horrible, but. Yeah. You're fitting and in pretty well there. You're saying I'm sorry and uh, yeah. A a lot. So <laughs> I'm trying to learn the maze. I got to fit in, you know. You don't want ice to come after me. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. But, like, how does, that, how does that feel for you then when you watch other rappers grow and succeed? Do you compare that to yourself? Or is that just more of, like, this is cool. I'm stoked to see this guy do well. Yeah, I'm always happy for humble artists, you know. I think anyone that's humble and has a talent, if they can make a living and do what they do best out of it, why not? I'm happy for them, you know. It's uh, like seeing Merck do that, that's dope. You know, I'm not best friends with Merck or whatever. We did the shows, but, you know, we know each other because of those shows now. You know what I mean? And I got, you know, like just how humble he was then to still how humble he is now. You know, you got to respect it. You know, when people get to that level, it gets to their head a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. For people to still remember where they're from and still do what they got to do, regardless, that's past music now as a person. You got you to gotta respect that. So how do you keep yourself grounded then? Like, how do you keep yourself humble? Because I want to get to where he is, you know? <laughs> like, you know, got <laughs> to keep pushing, you know? It's just staying focused and just worrying about you, you know? Bullshit's just bullshit. It's just, am I allowed to say that on here? Well, it will be, yeah. Yeah, well, you know. It's <laughs> Play it backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a good point, though, because a lot of, like, drama is just purely drama, right? Like, yeah. it fades away it's over no time. There's no point to it. You know, it's just dead weight. A lot of people don't want to play nice in the sandbox. That's why the clique that we rock with is very small. You know what I mean? It's a family. Like, the people that we're performing with tonight... We've known each other for a long time, so mm-hmm. that's why I think it's all going to work out well. Everyone's been doing their part promoting, so 
it's gonna be sweet. Actually, that's kind of like I I really like that as a jumping point because family, especially in the rap game, and within the rap industry, family is used a lot, right? Oh yeah, you know, like people have their groups, they have their they have their family of rappers well, that they grew could, up with. You know, I'm saying you could choose blood, but you, I mean, you you can't choose you can't you can't choose whose blood, but you could choose whose family. You know, yeah. it's pretty much what it is in a way. Mm-hmm. You know. I yeah, don't know how to explain it. Like, I, yeah, like dudes that I consider family, especially with doing music with and stuff, I could literally say, you know, like they've done more for me than some family. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't met you, but nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the truth, though. You know, you got people that look out for you and support for you, and you don't know them since you were, you know, young in school and stuff like that. But just from the same interest and everything, you know, you you form like a family in a way. You know, you guys start touring, you start doing the shows, you get to, you guys all know each other. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why it's a culture. People forget, and that's the whole point about hip-hop. Hip-hop is a culture. Hip-hop wasn't here to be a billionaire thing. It was to get people out of the hood, 100%. But it was also something that kept kids out of the streets. You know, that's why there's elements to the culture. You know, that's why people back in the day when hip-hop started, it was to build up the community. You know, it wasn't about bringing the community down, you know. There's always been gangs, ghettos, hoods, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But if you look back in the early 80s when, like, Sugar Hill Gang and all that, they were all trying to uplift, you know? Cool Herc, one of the originators, tried uplifting, you know? So it's just taking on that tradition. There's a lot of egos in the game. So people that talk, people have egos, people think they're this or that. Half the time, is just their ego really matching where they are, you know? That's the next question you get. And it's not to be a dick or nothing like that, but it's a fact. No, actually, it's a really good point because your ego can be huge, but if you don't have that status, then you quite literally can't back up your ego. There's a lot of people out there like that, you know, and everywhere. I could say in two different countries, I can name people that are like that, you know, like it's just... What happened in Toronto? Yeah, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, there's a few Toronto rappers that have just built up, they had certain sponsorships or support, and then all of a sudden their ego just went sky high. Of and course. then all of a sudden, they're now at this level where they think they're brilliant, but in reality, they're... It's the truth. You know, it is what it is. You know, you just don't pay in mind. Yeah. The more energy you give that, you fall into that. You keep that energy away, and you keep pushing forward, you know? That's just a good quote right there about life. Anything that you feed into it is just going to reciprocate towards you, right? So if it's negative vibes around you, and you keep pushing it, it's going to stalk you forever. Yeah. You it's ignore those bad, those bad artists. I mean, everybody hits negative vibes, especially in doing music if somebody told you they never felt the load doing music they're lying to you you know because everybody wants to be that step ahead to where they are I don't care who it is it could be a no name to Jay-Z you always want to do better so there's mm-hmm. points where it's going to bring you low because you don't know how to get to that next spot you got to figure out what to do to get to that next spot you know that's where you get family they keep you up whenever you feel down they push you nah you ain't stopping now nah, go here record to this when you don't feel like writing you know that's what it is it's pushing each other it's not a competition mm-hmm. everybody wants to shine it's a friendly competition, I could say, but if you go to these professional sports, they got the same mentality. And that's how I look at it. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, that's a great analogy, too, because professional sports, like when you look at biking, skating, mm-hmm. especially the street sports, that's 100% what it is. I mean, everyone's doing their own thing. Yeah. Everyone's trying to improve, but at the same time, they're stoked when their friend of the last five to 10 years Man. nails a trick and they're like, dope, dude, you killed it. Magic Johnson and Larry Bird were the biggest rivals but best friends at the same time all in once. They hated each other on the court but loved each other off of it. Like, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. You know? It's a, it's a respect for the person but it's also a respect for the game. You know, you got to put your 100% into it every time. 
Like yeah. Sometimes that's what egos do. They stop people from doing it. It cuts them back. They think they're too good. They don't have to put that 100% well. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. And actually, actually that, that's a really good way to transition into uh, one of your tracks. Because you, like, you wrote Hip Hop Head. Yeah. Which, is, which is, I feel like, all about that vibe. And it's all about that family and the community and the culture on hip hop, right? Yeah. I mean, I grew up listening to 90s hip hop and the era I grew up in seeing artists like walking around that we grew up idolizing with and stuff they kept it 100 like I don't know how else yeah they were 100 like they were themselves they talked about stuff they did from the past but it is what it is you know what I'm saying like I don't know I feel like I'm not hating on a new era I think you know music always evolves and stuff but you know some of the choices that these new generations are listening to if you just listen to what they're saying it's just it's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, food sal- it's word salad, you know? That's all it is. <laughs> There's nothing else, you know? <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's a good way to put it, honestly. Yeah, I've never salad. heard that. I've never it's, heard it's that word salad. <laughs> you know, it's, it's vomit. It's just leftovers. Like, part of a team in Long Island, New York, you know, 3H hip-hop heads. That's what we are with 3H. We're the hip-hop heads in Long Island because that's what we do. We push the culture, you know? We respect the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, we were brought up with artists that, you know, Taught the culture, taught you what to, you know, was, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just, an, it is what Who are some of those people? Know? Like, who are some of the artists that really, oh, for, tuned, spot, like, fine-tuned your craft at this point? Oh, uh, damn, there's so many. I mean, I, I listen to so many different genres, but as far as, like, hip-hop artists, Nas is probably my biggest inspiration. I'll go with Nas, uh, Big L, Pun, uh, Royce Five Nine's a huge inspiration. I can't even lie, 50. Old 50 was a monster. Yeah. <laughs> but he was a legend, though. Old 50, 50 defined that genre for the next at least five years. Easy. Easy. You know, even M. M's one of my biggest inspirations, too. Um, even new guys like J. Cole, you know, mm. you listen to some of his work and mm. inspires. Uh, Kendrick. Kendrick's a monster. You know, I even like Russ. I think Russ is dope. Yeah. It's just really the vibes, you know. It's just whatever you're into listening to. And you got to respect his hustle. Russ? The way that he blew up, he made a song every week for the entire year. He yeah. didn't quit. That's how he got his fan base. Just yeah. Once a week. Yeah. That's ridiculous. His mixtapes are crazy too. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, even his newest mixtape, it's it's sort of low key terrible in a way. <laughs> but it's uh but like the way that you can tilt you can still tell the lyrics are there. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much care into it. Hmm. That you just respect that. Yeah. At least for me anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, one hundred percent. He's he's lyrical like uh he knows how to put a song together. He knows how to make it catchy, but he doesn't. He's not just saying anything to make it catchy. He's still talking about real life things, you know. He knows the formula. Yeah, he has a formula. He uses it. And he uses it right. You know, he does. What he, he he's doing what he's supposed to. You know, I don't know how else to say. You know? He's doing what the game expects. <laughs> yeah, so like, <laughs> he's dope. You know, and different artists like that, like they're changing the game. You know, they're showing independent artists could do it. You know, Tech Nine. Look Look how successful he is as being an independent artist. Like, you don't have to be signed now to make money. You just have to know the business and know, yeah. and get, a, get a market. Well, even Chance the Rapper, right? Yeah. I mean, the fact that he released, was it four or five mixtapes? Yeah. Before releasing an actual album? Yeah. yeah. Which that everyone al- says is trash. Was, that but album was so disappointing. And I'm not hating on Chance or nothing like that, but that album was disappointing. Yep. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to sound like a hater. Which one was that? The acid dream? Yeah, his the neutral or, he just oh, dropped. The, uh, is it the big day? I, yeah. Or something like no that? It, it was hyped for a while and it was just not what it should be. Shit. Yeah. Uh, it's too bad because... like, Yeah. 
Yeah, I, and I'm not hating on him. I think he's dope. You know, that new Ed Sheeran album's fire, and, and what he did on Ed Sheeran's album was ridiculous. You know, right? But yeah, that album was. But also yeah. too, I mean, like that actually goes to an interesting topic of writing sober, because uh, with Chance the Rapper, he actually stopped everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this last album is 19 tracks all written sober, which is nuts. So I'm kind of curious if like has that happened to you where you're sober. Lyrics versus <laughs> nah, non sober. I'll be honest with you, with Ray, you see, you're not, you, you don't see me sober. I'm always sober. Like I do music sober. I I perform sober. I don't drink. You know, I drink once every six months, if that. You know, it, like a celebration type thing, right? Oh, you, you still, it's, it's a, there's a good chance you might not see me drink. I don't think I still have. I, like, yeah, I don't drink like that. Now you got to stay focused. You never know who you're gonna network with. You know, you know. When I drink, I I get silly. I'll drink when you know. I know I'm at the cottage or something for, like, the weekend. But, yeah, if I know it's business, like music involved or whatever, you'll never see me with a drink. You won't see me, you know. Maybe I'll smoke, but that ain't not being so. That's different, yeah. (laughs) That helps me focus. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's different, right? I mean, especially when you look at rap. Oh, yeah. A lot of rappers also happen to use a lot of marijuana it's just a uh, thing yeah. but when you drink alcohol it changes oh, I the vibe my words. <laughs> I, I, I slur you know it's kind of funny I think of it the opposite way uh, just because I have no tolerance for weed so I have a couple of beers in me and it mm-hmm. just completely influences the way but in a good way I can like release that what's built up you yeah. know what I mean no I can't don't <laughs> me and drinking will not mix on the show same here man I uh I've, I can't after two beer, I cannot play any music whatsoever. Nah. Freestyling, whether it's poetry, lyrics, playing guitar, it is not my thing. No? <laughs> nah, no alcohol for me. I'm good with that. So is your stomach. <laughs> do you find that changes? Do you find that the lyrics you write sober and when you're at a show, do you find that when you watch it sober, does that change how you take in the music? It's all the same. I'm always sober. Like... The way I feel right now is the way I'm going to feel at the show. The way I feel at the show is the way I'm going to feel tomorrow when I wake up. You know, so I guess I am sober when I'm doing every song, you know. So it's just pretty much like it's the vibe I'm going through. It's what I'm going through. You know, I like writing personal. Mm-hmm. I don't care what people think about me. Yeah, because that's your style. I, like I you write, write a lot me. of personal music. Yeah, I write music for me. People can relate. Whoever doesn't relate and don't like it, it's all right. Young thugs <laughs> that way. I know little yachties that way. Enjoy <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know, like I don't know, they they're not stopping me from doing what I want to do anyway. So, and that's the heart of music, especially when it comes to rap and songwriting music. I mean, yeah, that's kind of that's the whole point of doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's an outlet for me. You know, I don't vent, I don't talk to people, so I use my music. If something I feel a certain way, and I that beat makes me that beat makes me feel a certain way of something I'm going through. I'm writing about it. You know, I might write write a record, not even release it. I just wrote it for me. You know, I got records that nobody will hear, but I wrote it for me. You know, it is what it is. I won't even record them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just how I felt that day. It's music. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. all it is. It's just, just a piece of paper is cheaper than the therapist. You know, hell yeah. And half those people I don't even trust them either. So. Exactly. <laughs> and it's true because you can write on paper or laptop and just keep it there. Mm-hmm. And you never have to look at it again. You don't have to access, you don't have to speak it. It's no. just sitting on that document and that's it oh yeah you go back and you just look at it yeah i don't know it's just something that sometimes i just do music for myself is rap a time capsule like when you look back at yourself when you were a teenager or younger 
was it still a time capsule at that point for you? What do you mean? Like, was it... Did you vent through rap and writing when you were a teenager too? Or is that oh, just recent? No, I've been... I mean, since I've been doing music, I've been doing music for like almost eight years serious right now. So I could say for the past eight years, yeah. Uh, growing up, I don't know. I can't even tell you how you, you know, sometimes you rebel. Sometimes, you know, you party extra, you know. Sometimes it really depends what the mood was, you know. Before mm -hmm. I was doing music... I was doing production and stuff, making beats and stuff like that. So I guess you could say sometimes my vibe went into the beat. I mean, just to let it out or whatever. I mean, or if not, I just listen to music. Go for a drive and listen to it. You know, music is just something that it's like a therapy. You know, I don't need to be making it to let it calm me down. I can go listen to artists that I like. I got a good question for you. If you look back on the old stuff that you made and you compare it to the new Steve, would you look at your old self and go, what the hell was I thinking? Or are you, are no. you still that same person? No, every, I mean, I never bullshitted when I was rhyming. The only thing that difference is you grow as an artist. You know, back then, I would stuff too many words in one line, so I'd sound like I was rushing every single bar when I first started, you know? And then you listening to that, and then you hearing a record now, that I, you know, it's in the pocket, you know, I'm flowing the way I want to flow. It's my creation, but regardless if it was 2008 and it's 2025, it's still me. Fair enough. You know, lyrics won't change, just the growth of an artist does. Yeah. How do you compare, like, is there, it's, I guess it's a deeper bit of a, like, a look at it, but even delving in, digging into that a bit, do you find that you're more insightful now versus when you were younger? Oh, yeah, you grow. I mean, anything you do, you're going to grow and know more about, you know? It's like, I don't know, even like doing podcasts like this for this long or whatever, you know, I bet like. When you first started, the questions are a lot different than what you, the questions you bring up now, just because it's experience. Experience makes anyone grow when they're doing an art, regardless of what the craft is. Mm -hmm. They could be, you know, be a painter, you know. They could do that. They could draw something, the same thing 12 different times and it come out 12 different ways. It's just how you see it that day. Yeah. Because it's true. And art, and like art is as of art form which is repetitive, <laughs> mm -hmm. but, uh, but art as a creative outlet, I mean, it just channels who you are, but it still stays the same structurally. It's still your same voice coming out. It's just, yeah. I mean, as an artist, I feel it's, uh, you know, I like the, I like the term to use self, like it's a self-expression, you know, the way mm -hmm. a person does their music, the way they want to express themselves. You know, like I don't hate people for what they do. It's just sometimes, it's just sometimes people not really being who they are you know that's the difference so is there like is there a form of self of self-expression that you haven't tapped into yet that you're like man i wish i could just try this one day oh yeah there's a bunch of things i mean there's you always want to grow and try new things i mean go from 1980 production to a 2019 production and tell me the difference isn't crazy you know you're always going to hear a growth in the difference back then it was less instruments now it's more melodic i mean it really depends what you're looking for, too, but for the most part, there's always going to be evolution in whatever you do. Mm -hmm. A boxer, you know what I mean? A boxer's going to go from golden gloves, amateurs, golden gloves, and then from golden gloves, are they going pro or not? You know, there's always different levels mm -hmm. to shit. Chewing off someone's ear, like Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, they define Tyson, so like... <laughs> He also had he also had one of the hardest punches in the game. Yeah, Tyson's <laughs> gonna bite an ear off, and you're gonna go kill some chicken wings before the show. 
But what's your go-to? Like, what is your go-to place for wings? Because oh, for wings, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, you mentioned that, but there's actually another artist, uh, a songwriter in Vogue for in Sudbury that after show that like wings is a go-to place. Really? Oh, no. Yeah, poutine. Oh my god, <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to smoke poutine every single day on the smoke road. Poutine. Every totally single day on the road, you were just yeah. like, "Where's the poutine? Where's Where do the we poutine get poutine? At? Where's yeah. the poutine?" I get wings in New York all the time. I don't get <laughs> So what's your go-to poutine? What is that flavor? They got flavors? Oh, oh buddy. Like the fries, the gravy, and the curds. I get excited. We're talking about pulled pork. Yeah, like, oh, I'm talking, like, I'm talking toppings, you know, like, whether it's pulled pork or the onion or, like, the peppers or maple What's syrup. What's that one from Shainu that they have? The one that has it? Is that the one with, like, the burger and stuff? Yeah, they have a double cheeseburger and a jam. Yeah, they got, like, a double cheeseburger and the pork <laughs> in that. There you go. That's killer. That's Onions, hamburger. Oh, yeah. So why are we not in Timmins right now? I'm getting mad. <laughs> Actually, like, it almost reminds me of the poutine from Miss Maple Fries. It's a chip truck in Sudbury where like they have a poutine where it's just fries, gravy, and a bunch of ground beef. Yeah. Oh, true. And then peppers. It is just, it's inc- like, it's you get a small, and it's enough for two meals. It's incredible. It'll just feed half a family with a small. Right? <laughs> well, you had the steak one today. Yeah, that steak was right. Poutine. Watershed. They got some good ones, too. So are we going to grab puts in after this? No. <laughs> Kyle's coming. Oh, <laughs> a little bit of Quiznos after. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. true. So what, what got you into music? Uh, for me, it was when I was 12 or 13. I yeah. just started experimenting writing. Yeah? I, uh, I was given a guitar for Christmas and started playing it without knowing what I was doing and found out that I'm just really good at jamming yeah. and finding chords and started writing on this three by eight inch notepad. And from there, it was just a lot of creativity over the years. I know you I know you don't want to access the questions, but like who inspired you to learn guitar and do that? Because you see, I listen to different genres, so I'm always, you know, I could... You, you bring up a certain genre, I'll probably tell you an artist that inspires me from that one. Yeah. That's why I like to see who inspired you. I uh, It's funny because I was, I grew up, I grew up in the country. Yeah? For like, for years as a kid, because my parents listened to that all the time. I say some of the best storytelling music. Right? Mm-hmm. Man, honestly, country music has some of the best lyrics, and they're able to express emotions so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's incredible. And then after, I hit a point where I started choosing my own, I started listening to rock getting into like Theory of a Dead Man, Simple Plan, Sum 41, which led into this odd path of Christian hardcore. Okay. I had a phase of that. There's actually some good Christian bands, man. Like there they is. wouldn't expect to be Christian. It's just like, whoa. And there's, and there's, it's good inspiration too. Because the way that they mix their sound with the lyrics, you'd forget that it's Christian mm-hmm. yeah. hardcore. Like yeah. you just get so into it with the music and the, co- the composition and production. Yeah. That's and cool. then all of a sudden you realize that, oh, they're singing about God this whole time. Yeah. That's wild. That's, I listen to NF. I know he's into, he used to do a lot of Christian rap and stuff like that. He used mm-hmm. to have like a whole gospel thing yeah. going on and it was amazing, yeah. man. No, NF is really talented. Yeah. Or like the band OAR. Yeah, I haven't listened to them. I they're, uh, I don't, they've been around for a while, but I came across them uh, last year, the year or two before that. And they're this Christian rock group that you'd have no idea. Really, I had no idea they were, they were labeled as a Christian rock band as a genre until I looked them up to find more of their music. Hmm. Wow, that's dope. See, I used to like like Sublime, Green Day. I was like, I was big into that era. Sublime. Do you find that it actually that it comes into your writing now? Then, oh, uh, 
more when I want to look for production. I'll get like influenced listening to some of their songs because I don't play instruments or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I'll, I could hear an instrument and be like, you know what, I like the way that riff goes. If that riff goes with like the, because I used to make beats that I still have an ear for it. So like sometimes I'll listen to like Motown and stuff, and that's sampling right there. I yeah. love sampling music. So like if I get it, boom, send it to someone. Yo, try sampling. Let's see what you can come up with. Just because, you know, different sounds, the way you flip it, it comes out dope. And I think that's what's dope about hip-hop, because, like, it's so many different genres filled into one. Mm-hmm. You don't have just one genre. You know, like, you, you listen to some artists, you're going to get a little bit of blues in there, funk in there, disco mm-hmm. in there. You know, even still to today. So, and now you're seeing new artists remixing stuff for that I remember listening to as an original from the 90s. So it's like, it's dope. You know, I like hearing, I like seeing that evolution. I like seeing that growth. Yeah, it's cool seeing sounds from like 90s and 80s and 70s or like some artists now are even trying to channel the 50s and 60s. Yeah. Yeah. They're saying that hip hop is going to be the new rock stars. It is. Because rock, rock was the youngest genre until hip hop pretty much came in. So Mm -hmm. it's the takeover, baby. Let's get it. And also, too, I mean, if you look at the way the society is going, most music now is hip-hop inspired. Yeah. Imagine no. Dragons, for example, who yeah. are a pop band. They're now using drums like you would use a kick drum or yeah. synth in hip-hop. Oh, yeah. 100%. A lot of this EDM, a lot of these DJs, all these DJs doing tricks with the sounds and stuff, that'll hip-hop started that. Mm-hmm. You know, no one from Grandmaster Flash knocking into his turntable in here and go, I and go, what the, you know, and it just the whole sound changed from there. Is that literally how that happened? Pretty like, much. Is that, is that, you think that's what he'd say? No, like legit, it was a mistake. That is so he, sick. It was a mistake. He he discovered the scratch. Like I just didn't know it was by bumping it back. So I don't know. So cool I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was bumping it, but like something like that. I'm assuming. It probably was experimental. I mean, the whole that whole genre that he's yeah. in. It would. It truly is experimental. That whole era was mm-hmm. new. Like a lot of times, the way they made their beats, where they would take loops from breakdowns from disco and Motown songs, and the reason why they call them breakdowns, they would put it into breakbeats, mm-hmm. which was the breakdown of the bridges of the song. And then breakbeats are what you get breakdancers from. They broke to those beats. <laughs> so. And there's a show about that too. Uh, what was that TV show on HBO that ended last year? But it was about. 16-year-old kids during that time period. Oh, no, that was on Netflix, I think, the one you're talking yeah. about. Oh, well, um, The Get Down. The Get Down, the get yeah, down that right. was such a wild Like, it channeled that. Nas wrote that. Right? Nas wrote that. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, the, right, the guy that wrote it with Nas, the writer, he ended up taking a different job, so they canceled the season. That was dope. It was two yeah. seasons Six of show. it. Yeah. That was too bad, because that show channeled that era of music so well. It was yeah. beautiful. Like, the whole, like... Just I recommend the anybody to watch that, because it's a true story. That You had one side of the Bronx and the other side of the Bronx, and that was African Bombada and Cool Herc. North side, south side. Let's jump into that, because a lot of people, I feel like, don't really know the New York scene. And if they're from Sudbury, which a lot of... Or, like, if they're from Northern Ontario in general, you don't really know the New York scene of music. So when you're growing up, how was the New York scene? What did it look like? It was more established. I mean... I was growing up into the 90s era, so you already had groups like Run DMC, LL Cool J, you had, uh, like I said earlier, the Sugar Hill Gang, you had mm-hmm. different artists that were already coming up, Public Enemy, you had all these other artists that were coming up and making crazy names, like hitting charts and all this, and you know, you started growing, I, I remember listening to Nas and that's what got me into Wanting to continue listening to hip-hop. It was mm. just something about... I didn't understand what he was talking about. I was too young. You know, my older cousin was listening to music because he lived in Queens. So, 
I would just listen to it and I, I vibed out to it. I just liked the way the vibes were before I even understood what they were saying. Well, I mean, it's the same thing when you like when you look at Biggie Smalls. Yeah, right? but I but I remember listening to Biggie when he was alive and like going through New York and stuff like that, listening to it because it wasn't just you; it was everybody listening to Biggie at that era. You know, it was everybody listening to Mob Deep. Everybody was listening to Nas. Everybody was listening to. Ice Cube, because Ice Cube was leaving the West Coast, coming to the East Coast, and worked with Keith, Keith Shockley, and came out with his, you know, that album alone was fire. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the growth of hip-hop. I mean, I I was too young to, like, be by the studios or anything when that happened. I wish I was around studios at that era, but, you know, just seeing it grow and seeing some of these artists, like, I remember seeing 50 Cent walking down Steinway before he was really 50 Cent. You know, it's just, it, it was cool. You could see it, it grew. Mm-hmm. You know, there's now, there's so many artists coming out that it's just, you, you, it's saturated almost. Yeah, and actually like sort of, that'd be interesting to expand on because I've always had that view when it comes to rap sort of genres. But when it comes to your, your style where it's more lyrical, uh, not quite beat driven, but it's message driven, do you find that that, niche of rap music is getting saturated too? Oh, everything's saturated. It's like taking the kid's toy chest and just dumping it upside down. You're going to get everything coming out at once, you know? Like, that's pretty much what it is right now. You know I mean? For, it's a competition for everything, you know? The guys just that mumble. They're competing with each other to make sure everybody can vibe out the best and party best to their music, you know? You got artists that are lyrical. Depends what vibe you're looking for, mm-hmm. you know? It's there's so much diversity now, and especially in hip hop, that it's really what you look. It's really what you want. It, it, it is almost like rock, cause rock you have so many different styles. You have like emo, you have heavy metal, you have scream, screamo, mm-hmm. whatever it's called. Like then you get into like yeah, it's true because rock is even <coughs> rock has even more niches than hip hop does. Yeah, at this point, hundred percent. You know, but that rock also look it came off genres. You know, it's just the evolution. Of, that's why I keep, that word keeps coming back up because mm-hmm. just the way music evolves. You know, I remember seeing like, I remember seeing Mob Deep walking around Queens when I was younger. They didn't understand how big they were. They didn't know anything about it. My cousin knew who they were. My cousin would point to me and stuff. And then my first biggest show I ever did was opening up for them. So it was crazy. Like the the duo that almost they're, and they're one of the groups that definitely got me into loving hip hop. You know, so I mean, like, Mob Deep is legendary. Yeah. yeah. So a group that I grew up listening to, and then I got to go open for them. It was just cra- it meant more than most shows, just because it was like, yo, these guys got me into doing what I want to do now. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was cool. Did you have Did you have mentors then at that time period uh, that sort of guided the way and gave you tips and advice? Uh, I could say good friends, people that love music. Uh, my first producer. Everybody I work with is a mentor, you know? These guys sitting right here are mentors, you know what I mean? Like, if I can't, if I don't know if something sounds right or whatever, I'm going to someone like Cinerex or Concept, and I'm, yo, what do you think of this? And they do the same thing. Whatever helps, whatever helps you build, mm-hmm. you know? But as far as, like, people, like, guiding and stuff like that, you know, I, I say the best mentor is trial and error. You know, especially in business, everybody, if you're going to do something for you, they want something back. Yeah. It's very rare you find people that do business with you that just want to build. So when you have that, you hold, you know, you, you grab onto it and you just, it's, you know, it's just the way nature is. That's off your new album, right? Yeah, I got uh, the Steve Marr Project. It's on all platforms. Um, 
Got a couple of features on there. Uh, I got a record with Mad Child, Diabolic, and Sean Strange. Another one with uh, Big Punch, Son Chris Rivers, and uh, a few other uh, features on there. And yeah, that project pretty much explains me, like you know, separate from artist to person. Mm. You know who I am, what I've been through. You know, some of the, some of the things you go through as you're trying to continue. Yeah, because character in rap music is huge, right? Like, I mean, your persona is one thing, but then the real person is another. So it's kind yeah. of, it's cool that you made a project that shows off your yeah personality. I mean, for me as an artist, I just want people to know who I am. Like, I don't know, I don't know if I, I don't know if I could say I have like a gimmick or like a persona for me. Like, I know a lot of artists do different things for, I guess what they say, clout reasons or whatever, but... I don't know what what you get from me on a record when you're going to get from me in person. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much just me being me. I haven't heard you talk about poutine in one of your songs I yet. actually have. <laughs> Seriously? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing that doesn't have on the Steve <laughs> <Marvel> project. <laughs> I think I do. I, I did do a, a poutine bar. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you, bro. Yeah, as we talk about poutine. <laughs> yeah, right? But... That but yeah, that's that's a really good point. Like the because a lot of rappers release projects under their own like under their stage name. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that you released under the Steve Marr name instead. Yeah. I want them to know it's me. Like that's the the cover of it is literally me as a little kid holding a microphone at three years old. You know, I've loved music since I was a kid. I guess you could say. You know, a lot of people say that, but it's the truth. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up listening to so many different genres and. So many different artists that it's just something I I wanted to learn how to create and then went to school for it. Went to BOCES, my high school paid for it and stuff, and then there was no stopping right there. It kept going. Yeah, it just started, right? Because yeah. especially with when it comes to music, I mean, once you create your first song, or oh, your yeah. first set of lyrics, that's sort of there's some momentum that just carries you completely. Oh, 100%. I mean, I don't think I'll ever release the first song, but <laughs> knowing that you created it, it's, it's dope. <laughs> but it should be released. I mean. Yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, like, it's funny because I think about some of the songs I wrote, and uh, when I was 13, I wrote a song about trains. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It was this song that I at that time I was I was into three three timing. Yeah. So it was this jazz inspired song about trains going through a tunnel. That's wild. <laughs> if you can manage to pull off a full four minutes just writing about trains, I'll be I'll be impressed, bro. <laughs> it was a it was a solid three verse two chorus two chorus wow. track. Wow. I was a impressed. Full song, man. <laughs> Here you go. Shoveling coal going through these tunnels. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. But, I mean, that's the thing about music. You can write anything, you know. As long as you're creative enough, man, you can make anything work. 100%. 100%. Some of these people, they're extra creative. Like, I don't even know where they get their brains from, you know? Uh, ask me when I have, like, six beer in. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> you don't even understand. Well, yeah, like, that's the a, that's a big, biggest factor. It is, like, some people do have things to help with that and other people are just naturally creative. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, you get, like, you get the Kanye West type of person where it's just his... Maybe it's bipolar, maybe it's his brain, it's his IQ itself. And then yeah. there's others where you have the, where it is, alcohol and drugs that just oh. fuel that, right? You never know. I've, I've never wrote a song drunk or never recorded drunk. I'm going to have to try that one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, if you speak from a place where, like, you were always silenced as a kid, like, you know, you weren't allowed to talk or you were bullied for how you act, you suppress your creativity because you're stuck in silence, right? 
so I probably a good generation like this generation you know get drunk and high and then they get to express themselves because they feel free they don't feel the pressure from everyday normal makes mm. sense you know yeah they forget like around. they forget society's pressure yeah, yeah. a little bit alcohol gives me pressure that shit gets me in trouble <laughs> <laughs> but it does I mean it's especially when like with antidepressants yeah. it really it, it brings you down and it makes you just realize it just gets you paranoid almost yeah. Brain goes silent. I don't, I don't know. I've never been in that mix before, but I'll take your word for it. I don't know. Well, I've never taken it either. Why are you looking at me with the googly eyes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think that's 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 a good way to finish it. Right, like right. finish off with the album, and so, but also like tell everyone where they can find you. That's uh, kind of important. You can find me on all social media. Status six three one. That's one word. Status six three one. Shout out to 3H Hip Hop Head. Shout out to the Northern Ontario fam and everybody. I want to thank you for having me. You know, uh, yeah, peace. <laughs> you can also find him at any chip stand, poutine <laughs> restaurant, <laughs> wing dispensary. We got you. Yeah, and shout out to uh, Indie Cinema because we're recording at yeah. their space. Shout out to Indie Cinema. Shout out to Indie Cinema. Action. Which is great. I mean, if if anyone hasn't visited any cinema yet, you're missing out. Nice yeah, spot. I didn't even know there was a spot until we walked in here. It was awesome. <laughs> Y'all sell poutine? <laughs> yes. Hey. Thanks for listening to the Music Prophet and shout out to Status for coming on the show. We'll we'll see you next week.